Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And it's another week. Woo! Yay! Laura was able to get off work early, so she can actually make up for the podcast. Yep. Thanks, Caitlin. She held over so that I could come in. Yay! That was nice of her. She got your job, and she held over. Mm-hmm. Nice person. Speaking of nice people, not necessarily like Caitlin, but nice people in general, uh, this is Pride Month in the month of June, so we decided to go with some LGBTQ plus characters or creators or whatever. Basically, people that are in the LGBTQ plus community that are in comic books, be characters, creators, whoever. So that's what this theme will be. Um, Jared, how about you go first? All right. Um, first on my list was a writer named James Tinian IV. He is actually bisexual, and he's worked on some of my favorite Batman st- stories here of uh, the more current arcs. Uh, he uh, wrote Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all three volumes. Uh, he worked on The Batman Who Laughs, Batman Death Metal, um, he's currently working on a Batman series that's been really good so far with our good buddy Ghostmaker. Ghostface. Yes. So, yeah, he's uh, he actually worked on a lot of Batman books just over the past few years and everything. So he's written some really good stuff. It's been really fun. Uh, just anything he writes, it's worth picking up just to see it. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that he did the Batman team and tease. So, like, those are the things I skipped. But knowing it's hit by him now, like, oh, I should go back and actually read these. Yeah, because his current Batman run's been really good. He right. took a character that I did not care about. I didn't want to care about anything with Ghostmaker. And I actually want to see more of him. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, some things he also, that in my notes, because originally he was on my list as well. Uh, he also wrote Wind. Department of Truth, and Something is Killing the Children. Did he have something to do with that nice house on the lake, too? I oh, know his... right. He did that. He was, that was last week as well. Yeah, the nice house on the lake. Oh, did he write it, or yep. was he just part of the... Okay. Yep, he wrote it. Sorry. I was trying to look through my notes, but no, that's I'll okay. just ask you. I forgot all about that one, too. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. So yeah, that was the one we talked about. I think it was last week we talked about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Tiny Onion, James Tinian. Yeah, I think that's how I'm remembering him and being like, oh, yeah, he's popping up everywhere because now every time I see Tinian, I do think that Tiny Onion. Because I think that's <laughs> like his website is like Tiny mm-hmm. Onion also, which is just a fun play on his name. Then. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is definitely a writer that has stood out the last, let's say, a year and a half to two years. Like he's really gotten uh, for me to notice your name. That takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I know Mark usually pays attention to the writer and artist. I'm like, nope, I don't care. I just want to read good books. And then, oh, why does this name look familiar? It just happened to be like, I kept seeing it over and over and over. Like, oh, because he writes good stuff. Yep. So then I actually pay attention. Oh, now I'll look. Does he write that? Okay, yeah, I'll definitely read it then. So yeah, that's James Tinian. Yep. Uh, next up on my list, because I, I was saying next up because, like I said, James Tinian was kind of on mine as well. He was the first one I was like, oh, definitely him. Take it. Um, but next up for me is a book actually, or a series called Sunstone. This is a, it was a web comic book series that they have put into print since then. They're up to like eight volumes or eight or nine volumes now. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that, that yeah, far. It's been going on for a while. Um, but this th- story is about, um, some lesbian women that are into bondage and their relationship and stuff about each other and just relationships in general. But the opening quote that I always thought was funny was, Dear reader, this is the story of how I met the love of my life. The one person that complete... Wait, wait, wait. 
Don't leave yet. This book has lots of hot lesbian bondage sex. Good. That got your attention. You bunch of pervs. <laughs> like, just the humor in that is, like, really grounded. Like, oh, we know you don't care. Oh, but I'll throw this out. Like, hey, we'll get your attention with this. And then, like, no, it is a still a story about them as a couple. Like, it is from the beginnings of meeting someone to dating them to whatever, happily ever after and everything. Like, it is truly a relationship story that, that happens to be bondage and has lesbians in it. Like, who cares? Like, that's just... The story itself is so good. Other than that, like I said, they've been going on for eight volumes too. I like how you say "other than that." Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but. I mean <laughs> the fact that they said "you bunch of pervs" that made me laugh. Okay. I was like, hey, at least <laughs> they know what the initial hook is. Like, oh, well, this is what it's about, but not really. Like, that's the sex cells of it, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, that is Sunstone. Um, it is by oh man, I have no clue how to pronounce his name. It looks Nordic. Uh, Stegpen Sedgic. Here, you try to pronounce it, Jared. It's there on the bottom. I think you did just fine. Yeah. <laughs> For the listener at home, you can pronounce this yourself. It is S-T-J-E-P-A-N. Last name is S-E-J-I-C. Yeah, I have no clue uh, how to pronounce his name. But he, I believe it's a he. Um, or even she, yeah. I believe this one is a he, though. <laughs> um, he also wrote Harleen, the series. Oh, okay. So... Like, oh, because when I saw it, I was like, wait, that, when I saw Harleen, I was like, that name looks familiar. It's yeah. really weird. So it looks familiar. Oh, that's it's Harleen and Sunstone. So yeah, like I said, this was a web series that was original graphic novel-ish, I guess, uh, as a web series. And it is hard R, folks. Like, <laughs> it isn't, when it says lesbian bondage sex, like, it shows pretty much everything. So yeah, it is definitely not for... The Faint at Heart or for Children. So yeah, that is Sunstone, the series as a whole. Laura, what is on your list? First apologies, because I wasn't even sure I was going to make it today, so I really did not do a good job of my lists, and I hardly read any books this week. Like, we're, we're really batting a thousand over here, as Flying usual. Flying of our pants. Yeah. So I did remember that a character from The Runaways that stood out to me once because... Let's see, her name's Carolina. Actually, I bet Carolina Dean, I think is her full name. Um, she is a, a lesbian character in this book, but when I first heard about it, I was like, what? I didn't even realize because she was a little subtle. And at first I thought she just wanted to be like best friends with Nico. Like every time they were in the panels together, she'd be like, Yeah, what Nico said. Yeah, anything Nico's doing. Yeah, I'm all aboard this. And then later on they're like, Carolina's like you know, I, I care about you a lot, right? And Nico's like, uh, this is awkward because I think Nico is straight and in a relationship, at least for a little bit, with Alex is a character in, in Runaways, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And so, yeah, I just remember thinking that I didn't, like, I was so oblivious to the fact that she even was a lesbian. And is it spoilers? It's been out long enough. It's been if out I, long enough. It's fine. Okay. Later on, she's also revealed to be an alien. And I was like, well, are you still a lesbian? If you're an alien, like, do you really have a female gender? Like, what what gender are you if you're an alien and you don't know anything about your kind? I think her so, alien race did have male and female. So I think, okay. it, I don't know at that point, it was, is it, yeah. If it was both <laughs> of the same race, female, then sure. But if it's a different alien race to human, I, I'm willing to, she was raised as an earthling, as a human. So I'm just going with that. Like, yeah, close enough. 
Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting character to bring up for pride. Like, maybe she should have alien pride, too. She should be proud of herself for being from another planet also, but... I'm not sure that's exactly what the <laughs> whole point of Pride Month is, but yeah. Be proud of what you are. Yeah. Like, right down to the basics. Yeah, there you go. All right, Jared, who or what is next for you? Okay, uh, the next one on my list was actually Renee Montoya uh, from DC Comics. She was is a uh, Gotham City police officer. Uh, she actually started out in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, she was basically a beat cop that always teamed up with uh, Harvey Bullock. And uh, she did actually make her appearance into the comics later on. But uh, during one story arc, I'm not sure where. I completely missed it somewhere. But uh, Two-Face actually um, outs her. So she's one character that they kind of had to deal with the fallout of that. Because I believe her parents kind of disowned her, if I'm remembering right. But uh, one of my favorite stories with her was in the series 52, which is after Infinite Crisis, before the new 52. This is still... <laughs> it was know, basically the inspiration. It was mid-52. Well, yeah. it was like the inspiration for New 52 yeah, in parts. Or at least for the name so, of New 52. Because yeah. it was, what, 52 weeks, 52 yeah. issues. And DC Comics, or, they have like 52 Earths. Right. In their, in their multiverse. So. But that was a weekly series, too, yeah, wasn't it? it was a weekly series. Yeah, that lasted one full year. Those of you who don't pay attention, they're 52 weeks in a year. Yep. But, uh, yeah, uh, she's basically... Uh, teaming up with the question who is dying from lung cancer and he takes her to like Nanda Parvat and stuff like that. And she <clears> learns <throat> all these different things and they're working around the death of Batwoman. But, uh, yeah. I can't remember what, if I don't think she actually died in that. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't, I'm going to have to go back and reread that fully. <laughs> you are the resident DC expert. Yeah. You have to reread that. If I you will find have to it, reread that. Yeah. It's, boxed up somewhere right now so i'll reread it in a couple weeks we'll clarify there you go but uh yeah she's uh working with a thing called the crime bible and uh it's about batwoman's death maybe she faked her death i don't remember we'll that's gonna quote, drive me nuts. we'll say it. quote so, quote death yes quote death but uh after a while the the main point of this is the question does eventually die from his uh lung cancer and she takes over as the question and she had a really decent run as the question, so she really fit that. And I was I hated when DC rebooted everything and just made her a cop again. That was the point of that. I know she teamed up with Nightwing and uh, different characters to take on Inner Gang. Uh, she's done a lot. It was a great character, and her as the question was phenomenal. So I'm hoping DC puts her back in that position. If they haven't, I don't think they have. If they have, I've missed it. So, a uh, slight spoiler slash preamble for later on. Uh, this week there is a Pride book that came out by DC. And there is a question where, to be continued, Renee. Oh, cool. So, because you asked about that. Thank you. That at least, I don't know the continuity reign of the, the DC Pride book, how if that's in continuity or not. But, at least in that one. It is definitely heavily assumed that Renee is yeah. the question. She's had some really good stories. I can't wait to see what they're going to do next with her. Uh, next up for me on my list is kind of a catch-all, actually. Uh, I'm gonna, I will save my one particular pick for last. Um, but This one, I did four different groups of people. Uh, Wiccan and Hulkling from Young Avengers. Also from the recent... 
Marvel storyline or Empire. Uh, I knew if I started long enough, where they got married at Empire, where oh, that's right. Um, he is where Hulkling is a Kree Squirrel hybrid, and he unites them, and they get married. Um, Batwoman from Batman's world. Uh, I forget what's her name. What's her Kate Kane? Kate Kane. Thank you. I was like, I know, I know it, but and just to interrupt real quick because I did not know this. Um, her black and red costume is uh the hebrew colors of war oh i think i remember that now so i didn't know that and when i was looking her up uh found came across that and that's straight from dc's website and she's the cousin of bruce right yes okay i thought so um iceman from the x-men is also gay um he they did that recently well i say recently within the last let's say five years where they had the young first class of x-men where they got time traveled to the present and they were talking like oh one of the x-men characters original x-men are gay we'll find out in this issue who it is and everyone's like okay so angel <laughs> and everyone's like nope not him uh at one point gene young gene reads the mind of Bobby like no we i, I know you're gay you can stop hiding this like you can we are in a different time now. It's okay to be gay now and be out in public about it. And he does end up coming gay. And he, the old Bobby in the current timeline, then was like, Oh, well maybe I am. Maybe that is why I've had so many girl problems and everything. And he ends up coming out as gay. Also, uh, they did a mini series where he had a boyfriend and it was like 12 issues. And it was a really good story though. Like I was like, Oh, this is, Really cool. Normally, I don't care a whole lot about Iceman. It is what I mean. He's he's a cool guy. Ha. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but this one's like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Like, all right, I'm on board, and it was a good story. So definitely check out that series if you can find it. And the last group of people that I want to mention that I have in the list is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy as a couple together. I mean, depending on what book that you're reading, they're either in a relationship or they're not. It seems very undefined or not as strict of like oh we're together together like oh we're always together but not necessarily traditional relationship roles i think the upcoming deceased book that was a web series they're going to be putting in print soon they actually get married in that series also cool one of the best series of them too was actually with catwoman was gotham city sirens yeah so that was really good that was when bruce wayne was dead and dick grayson was the current batman so yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, my like I said, my second one then there is a whole bunch <laughs> of group of people because I decided uh, the third one I had, I'm going to save that one for last. So Yeah, I think you cheated there. That's a whole lot to cover. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, that one was going to be my catch-all at the end. If you weren't going to be able to make it, it's like, oh, I'll just put it all real quick in together. Uh-huh, that makes more sense. Uh, I was going to use that to fill time, but I don't have to since you're here. <laughs> you still have to because I'm here. Because like I said, I... I didn't even actually know anything about this character. What I did to find this one was I went to our bookshelf in the bedroom where we've got like a whole bunch of random graphic novels. And I was like, Giant Days, that sounds really familiar. I know someone I know really likes this. And I kind of flipped through it and Googled some stuff. And there is a um, a lesbian character. Sorry, I forgot which person she was. Um, there is a lesbian character in that book. Like, I guess that's probably a good sign for Pride Month that... I just had to go to the bookshelf and go to something that looked familiar and be like, I bet there's something I can find in this. Um, but her character is Daisy Wooten. Um, she's an archaeology student. She was an orphan raised by her grandmother. 
and she's struggling with her sexuality and eventually dates women and realizes, oh, this is what I was missing the whole time. And the series is following three women in college. It was nominated for two Eisners and four Harveys. And yeah, I'm not really certain what else is going on, because like I said, I didn't actually read it. We have volume two. We don't have volume one to start with, or I probably would have read like the first issue to see what was going on with Daisy and the other characters in this, but I've heard great things about it, so I'm willing to recommend to y'all to, to look for Giant Days and find out more about Daisy. And I, w- I want to say it was probably a Josh recommendation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah, pretty much anything that sticks in my head is either you or Josh told me to read it. That's fair. We both talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, we should have Josh on here someday. Uh, his schedule permitting. So. Oh, that's right. You need to take it up to his new job. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jared, what else is on your list? Okay. Um, or who else? I have another uh, creator, and her name is Kate Leff. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but she's a writer and illustrator. She identifies as bisexual and non-binary. Uh, she's worked for Dark Horse, IDW, Marvel, Dynamite. She's worked for some all the mainstay publishers. But she worked on uh, books like Patsy Walker, Hellcat. Uh, she actually has uh, one of the spots in Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows. So I think that was Good. was that a like a compilation of multiple stories. Not really. No, I mean, her it, name it, was on that, and, but I don't know like where at, like what she worked on in it. I, I know, like at one point, they kind of time jumped, so I don't know if that would count as compiling things because right. first Annie Mae is kind of young. And then they take a little break, and then she's like a an older teenager, and there's like a gap of time in there. Yeah. But. So she could have been part of the time hop, or even even it could have been like a one shot or part of the story or stuff like that. It would not surprise you if there was a storyboard writer that like someone like how Stanley used to write, like oh big picture, this is what I want to do. All right, everyone else, you get to fill in the gaps. Wonderful. Gotcha. That's how that one could have been. Okay. I don't. Again, I don't know. Yeah. But I can see that being the case. Yeah, but her name yeah. was on that, and I couldn't tell you where but uh she also worked on vampirella and she actually had a handful of variant covers for uh, just a handful of different books nice so she's got her name out there decently all right so yeah unfortunately i don't have a whole lot to continue the conversation on her uh, yeah yeah I, i've probably seen her work uh but i she wasn't uh inspiring name that like James Tinian, where I, oh, I recognize that. I'm going to look for that in the future. Right. Yeah, and to be off the rails a little bit, Mark and I were talking about this being the subject for today and everything, and we were both like, you know, I never really knew this person or that person, whoever was gay or not. Like, it doesn't matter to us. Like, I don't care. Like, No, I didn't know James Tinian was bisexual, and I didn't care. Yeah, it's... He's writing good stories. That's good enough. Yeah, and it's like... Gay, straight, indifferent. I don't care. I just want a good story. If I don't like a writer, it's usually because I don't like their writing. Exactly. I, I don't care what they act in personal life, real life, whatever. Like, it, you do you. I just want to read good books. Um, now, there are some exceptions. Like, if you find out someone's super racist, then I might then I might be like, okay, I'm going to back off there on that one because I don't want to support that. But that's usually represented in the work as well. Yeah. But, yeah, for orientation-wise, sure. I, I mean, I think that's a... I think that's a good thing of the modern time where a lot of us are like, sure, cool, whatever. I, I mean, I st- if I still meet the person, I still want their autograph or whatever. Like, Yeah. Um, just because. So good on comics for having that broader market now and also being more open to it. Because for the longest time, you know, it was all, 
All right. Heterosexual white male. That's who's in the comic book industry. We're actually getting more diverse with everything. So that's and it's making little... for better stories. Right. Absolutely. And more people are represented in the stories and just, yeah, better stories in general. So what is the saying? Uh, rising tides raise all boats. So sure. As long as it's good, then it's good. Yep. Yeah. That kind of goes back to in Runaways where I was not expecting a love triangle with two girls and a guy. Like usually it goes other ways. The heterosexual way. <laughs> yeah. Either way. If there's a triangle, it's usually a heterosexual one. Yeah. And yeah, I know some people are like, oh, they're putting gay stuff in there. Like, oh, well, it's all fiction, guys. Like, you're taking it too serious. Like, oh, yeah. when they change Iceman to being gay, like, oh, well, he's been straight forever. Well, but also, it's a fictional character. Like, yeah. I don't really care for it um, when they try to use it just as a, a publicity stunt. Yeah, that's like what I was they did with uh, the way I felt uh, was um, when they relaunched the new Fifty Two and made uh, Alan Scott gay. Like that was a that to me was nothing but a publicity stunt, and I'm like they didn't really write it into the story or right. do anything with it. But so I didn't really agree with it there. Because it felt like they were just using the LGBTQ community to make a sale. But also, that, I mean, that's <clears throat> impartial. That's storytelling, too. It's not it was just a bad way of storytelling. Right. Not necessarily because they did that. It's just the bad storytelling. When they did, made Iceman gay, I was like, I mean, there was the initial, admittedly, the initial part that I was like, oh, but he has been dating this person, that person, that person. But then the way they did the story, like, well, but why did it not work? Like, there was always something wrong. Why was it? Right. And, and I never got that with Alan Scott or right. anything like that. It was just like, hey, he's gay now. Ultimately, it's... it depends on as long as the story's good. Yeah. As long as you give me a good story for it, then fine. And even if you do a bad transition to making a character straight to gay, yeah. as long as the story afterwards is good. Ultimately, I judge every story based off the story itself. Is it a good story? I don't yeah. care about, I don't necessarily care about how it ties in with the past or it conflicts with this because chances are, guys, if it's Marvel or DC, it's going to conflict with the past. That's just everything. <laughs> yeah. That's, ju if you have a problem with that, that's just retcons in general. Like, okay, I have a problem with retcons. Not because the retconning from gay to straight, just retcon in general. Like, okay, you already established this, then you erase all that. I'm thinking specifically of Spider Man, Brand New Day, One More Day. I hated that. Like, no, you paint them into a picture and then, like, oh, paint them in a corner. Like, oh, we'll undo the relationship and that's that. But they didn't paint that into a corner. They could have done so much with that. Yeah. Damn you, Mephisto. Yeah. So, again, that is not necessarily of what they do of the story. It's how they do the story and when it's bad storytelling. Yeah, and when they relaunched the Justice, well, it was called Earth 2 at that time, I believe. It wasn't that great. Yeah. So, ultimately, so. it's like... The whole publicity stunt of changing him straight to gay. Oh, well. Yeah. But it's the story that's the problem. Like, no, that I don't care. No. And uh, the story doesn't need to focus on that or anything. But I, that's not what I mean by any of that. It, it's just it wasn't that good. Right. You know, just, all the characters were bland and it just didn't do anything. I mean, so that's the moral story. Like, you do whatever as long as the story's good. I don't care. Exactly. So with that sidetrack tangent over yes. <laughs> go back to the sub main subject at hand uh the last one on my list is kieran gillen which i did not know uh that he is queer or identifies as queer and like cool didn't know I, again i just look for good good quality workmanship whatever uh and he writes once in future die wicked and divine he wrote the original darth vader stuff when marvel took over by original i mean the Marvel one like, like in 2012, 20. 14 ish yeah. that time frame. Um, 
uh, Thor and Uncanny X-Men. Um, I know uh, once we've talked about Once in Future and Die before, where they're both fantastic books. You should get you guys should definitely check them all out. They're both at least like volume three in trade paperbacks now. Um, we still carry the Darth Vader storyline, which is, in my opinion, of the last two Vader series, it is the superior one. Um, it took place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. The current one takes place between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, the current one's written by Charles Soule, I believe. Uh, this I one believe was, so. This is one's that written. Bounty Hunter? Yes, that's also yep. going on the War Charles of Bounty Hunter stuff right now. Yep. Um, it but, has been horrible. No, but the other the one... The first run was better. The first one was better for a couple of reasons. One, it introduced Dr. Aphra, which was a really cool character. Her and her droids, Trip Zero, and I forget what the other one is, but there were murder bots, which were hilarious. They're like, oh, can we murder? Can we torture? No, no, not right now. But, how about, but now can we torture? Like, that was just fun. Yeah. And then that was also the same story where they did Star Wars Vader Down, which was arguably the best Darth Vader story ever written. Oh, yeah. Had the best um, Darth Vader line ever written. Well, uh, so he got shot down, got surrounded by rebels, and like you know, surrender Vader. We know you're Vader, but ultimately, you're completely surrounded. Like there's 50 men pointing their guns at you. He replied, "Why? I'm surrounded by dead men." Yep. Like <laughs> all I'm surrounded was, by is fear and dead men. Like that was just so the best Vader. Now, I should have paid attention. That might have been Charles Soule at the time because it was a crossover between Star Wars and Vader. But either way, that's that same era of yeah. Vader within the Marvel comics, and just it was such a good story. Uh, like I said, introduced Afra had Vader being all his Vader goodness, and yeah, it was phenomenal stuff. The current stuff again is good, but when you go from great to good, you feel less satisfied. Kieran Gillen is my last one on my list. He did write uh, Vader down. He did write Vader down. Woo! Yep. Yay! So, uh, Laura, I know you're unprepared. Do you have a third one that you could put on your list, or are you tapped out? I do want to shortly mention um, Felicia Hardy as the Black Cat in the Marvel 2 universe. I'm not sure she could be anything in this universe, too. Like, she could get away with it. But I remember the first time I noticed and, like, comprehended that someone had was a, a lesbian was in the Spider-Girl series back in the day. And I, I noticed that, and it just stuck out at the time. I forget her partner's name, though. I think it was, like, Diane or Dana or... It was a D name. And she showed up a couple times, and they were the parent group for Felicity Hardy, although, um, obviously, Felicia had Felicity with another man who was actually Eugene Thompson in that uh, world, that universe. I don't think it exists anymore. I forget. But anyways, yeah, Fel Felicia Hardy in the M2 universe was another lesbian character that was probably the first lesbian character I encountered in comic books. All right. And Jared, do you have anyone else on your list? Nope, we've hit them all. Okay. I just kind of wanted to point out that some of my favorite stories that I didn't realize were written by LGBTQ uh, plus community uh, creators. Yeah. I, I, so I thought that was pretty neat, actually. Yeah, again, it's like... I, I would have known it unless I was looking for it. Right. Which mm -hmm. I, I think that's how most people want to and should be judged by. Not by their orientation, race, or yeah. anything, but by the by character. the quality of their work. Well, mm -hmm. it's, what's the MLK? I would be judged by the contents of my heart, not by my skin color. Exactly. So, or same with orientation. No, I would be judged on what I do, not who I am. Right. And yeah, 
like I said, like you said, uh, I think we had a really great list of really good stuff that you can read that happens to be LGBTQ plus community. So yeah. Uh, with that, we'll move on to comic books this week. Uh, books that came out this week, June the 9th of 2021. Admittedly, we may not have read a whole lot of stuff this week, folks, but that's because we were at an award ceremony last night that was nominated. We were nominated for Small Business of the Year, and unfortunately, we did not win, but it was a good time anyway. We got to hang out as a team, got to talk to other businesses, got to have a dinner, and I went and got ice cream afterwards because I wanted ice cream. But yeah, so this week, we may be a little light on the discussion for stuff that came out this week, but it is what it is. Moving forward, um, Jared, why don't you kick off the books that stood out to you this week. Okay, one that stood out to me was Geiger number three. This is written by Jeff Johns and art is by Gary Frank. Um, I missed issue two, so I don't know what the follow-up is. Uh, Alex went ahead and placed an order for me for number two so I could catch back up. But um, he is working, or he's like protecting a couple of kids right now, and they kind of have a flashback, I think. I'm going to have to catch up on number two. So, But uh, he actually runs into the king of america or las vegas, vegas or whatever it is right now and they you know they go at it there's a pretty good fight scene and everything but he's got he's protecting this bunker that his family was in and it's kind of like schrodinger's cat with their yeah. both alive, alive and dead inside the the um the bunker. Well, in this so, world, they could be both. They could be zombies because yeah. it's a post-nuclear apocalypse. You don't know. Right. So there's some things that happen and the bunker gets opened and I'm not going to spoil it from there. But just a good, just a show of how good of a book it is. You missed issue number two and you still enjoy yeah, number I, three. Yeah, I still really enjoyed this. It's like, I know I'm missing some pieces to it, but I enjoyed this enough and I could follow it just fine. And that's, that's one thing with Jeff Johns that he... A lot of his books are like that. You can pick up a single issue and st- you know you're in the middle of the story. You miss some things, but you can still follow it. Did you read number one? Yes. Okay. If I remember correctly, number two was almost a little more self-contained. It was following the mother who I think worked in like the casino or something. And then those two those children two, yeah. were hers. Yes, and she gave them something that. and was like, okay, you got to run now because they got found out. Yes. The mom um, was supposed to go with them. And she and, they mentions in this book where she had been killed. So I th- thought that yeah. was an issue too. But the thing that she gave them is, um, it's not really a big spoiler or anything, but it's like um, lo- a location to a safe haven. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a so. map or something like that. But that was... They were kind of, it was almost a secondary self-contained story. So that's probably another reason why it was easy for you to jump right back in because the other one was kind of its own thing. Just explaining where did these two kids come from? Okay. Boom, there they are. But yeah, I really liked this. It was, it showed a lot more about the nuclear man or the glowing man or whatever they call him in this. Shoot, they do give him a name. Yeah, I can't remember what it was I feel like it might have been Glowing Man, but something like that. Yeah, I want to say Glowing Man because there was a variant for issue number one that had him actually glow. It was a glow-in-the-dark cover also. So it makes me think Glowing Man also. I kind of want that. Yeah, it was a (laughs) quantity-based incentive variant cover. So Hello, eBay. Yeah, but this was really good. I I enjoyed it. I'm disappointed now that we didn't get it. Maybe we should start jumping on. Possibly, if you want. I can, <laughs> I can leave this I here can if order, you guys can read it. Uh, we have more. I can just order all three at the store tomorrow. But thank you. 
Uh, yeah, I for, I keep forgetting what we're actually ordering because since we read stuff that you have, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'll read it again next week. And then all of a sudden there comes a week where it's polls only. I'm like, oh, we're not getting it anymore. <laughs> uh, like Noctera, for example. That's yeah. one that we read the first couple issues of and it's polls only. And it's our, I mean, it's our own mistake for not putting on our poll list. So listeners, if you want one, be sure to add it to your poll list or do what I'm going to do and wait till it comes out in trade. And just read it in trade. Geiger's. I've really enjoyed this single issue. I thought about doing stopping and going with the trade, but I'm actually enjoying this enough to where I want to see what happens next sooner. And the single issues, there there's a lot of content to them, and they're really good. So either way, Noctera, I think, is going to read better in trade. Yeah, and sometimes for single issues, if you like the letters pages or anything like yeah, that, true. there's other content that you don't get in the... The graphic novels. Yeah, admittedly, so weigh that out, people. Yeah, admittedly, I'm not a person that reads all the comments in the back, mostly because hey, I have 17 other books to read tonight. I don't have time <laughs> for this, so like, uh, I'm sure that's cool information, but I, there's just not enough time. I have video games to play, dang it, and I want to play them. Yeah, <laughs> this one has a sneak peek to Ordinary Gods, which is on sale in July, and I haven't read it yet, but I just flipped through. The art looks good. I'd like to see what it is. So I'm going to be checking that out later tonight. This it's just like a four page, you know. And that's one they... good thing with the Image Comics does a lot is they do previews for other books that are coming out to get to help feed the cycle of all right. Now read this and this and this and yeah. this and all my money's gone now. Yeah, but it, the art looks good, so I'm going to read the first four pages of that that they have in this and see right how up. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's something I like to do when I'm reading along. I'm like, oh, put this on Comic Hub right now before I forget. Yeah. Alright, and with that, I'll go next for one of the books that stood out to me. Uh, it is also Mark's pick of the week, and that is Bunny Mask, number one. This is an Aftershock comic, where it is... I would say it's a horror book. Oh yeah, I was a little horrified. Yeah, it's it's definitely more of a direct horror, unlike other ones we've read. Like, Autumnal was like a casual, like, leaned into it eventually. Yeah. Like, eventually, like, issue five actually got horror, before it was very exposition-y but good this one is straight up like there's something going on it starts off with uh this kid that has her like she's showing her teeth because her dad told her to then he takes a hammer and chisel and knocks out her like two front bottom front teeth with a hammer and chisel good god oh yeah it's disgusting um and there's like a child's detect uh, child services that come to the house and uh he straight up murders one of them Spoiler. It's the second page, so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But slight spoiler for the way he murders her. Like, it starts out with him, like, having a weird, like, tree branch in his hand. Like, why do you have a tree branch? He shoves it through her, like, pierces, like, spears her with it. Jesus. And then throws her into her car and, like, dumps it off the river. So it looks like she got in a car accident and a tree branch just having to penetrate her, like, having to kill her. Like, oh, that's a pretty ingenious way to kill someone like oh make it look like an accident oh it was a tree branch in a car accident and just had it you just had it in hand just stab someone with it <laughs> so uh so that's what the like the first like I said the first two pages of the book has that uh and it and follows the other detective partner where he's the man told him like hey you need to dig in this mountain or dig in this we're at a mountain you keep digging because we need to find some sort of secret voices society thing the snitch the snitch and you have to keep digging just because i said so because i hear the voices they keep telling me to dig so you need to dig and it is messed up um but 
I don't want to go too much further than that because that is starting to get into spoiler territory. But yeah, it is a weird supernatural horror book. Um, and it's Mark's pick of the week. Yeah, one thing I'm willing to throw in there was the daughter was helping uh, Tyler Severin, the detective dig. And she was so optimistic and nice. She's like, Daddy, don't mean it. It'll be fine. Like, I'm sorry that you're seeing him in such a bad light. Like, that girl has... Oh, Kim... Uh, Stockholm Syndrome? Oh, the other thing. The Unstoppable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. She reminds me of her. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable. That's it. Yeah, it, it's very... <laughs> Like, yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, you're just, sorry, This is a, he's in a bad mood today. And, like, don't take it personal. He's just a little crazy right now. He'll sober out later. It'll be fine. And, yeah, it's definitely messed up. Hmm. But, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting book where there's some weird horror stuff going on. Yeah, if you're into horror and supernatural stuff, definitely check it out. It's It'd be right up your alley. Um, yeah, I don't, like I said, don't give away too much because it gets into spoiler territory. But, yeah. It's weird. What's up to you, Laura, this week that we haven't mentioned yet? Hmm. I think I'm going to steal your Eve because that's really the only other thing that's I read. <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's see. It picks Although up pretty much right after the first one. Uh, just to recap, the first one, um, the girl Eve was living in a virtual reality with her teddy bear robot, pretty much. And she gets out and is into a post-apocalyptic world now. Uh, New York City, specifically, where it's, oh, like flood, where it's super flooded. Um, yeah. uh, you find out all the ice caps have melted. And go ahead and give your review, Laura, before we <laughs> give up too much. Hey, if you guys really want to take over, like no. I just realized my notes are not good. I mentioned that there were a bunch of like Egyptian mythology references at the beginning. And to me, that's really cool because I'm all about Stargate. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like Wexler, the, the teddy bear, was clearing out the monsters and trying to help Eve as she's going forward in her quest. And I still, I don't know if I'd know where she's going, but she's heading forward and he's telling her, go on without me. Like, I'm going to hold these monsters back and do my best. And she's concerned. But she's like, eh, hopefully he catches up. Yeah, this one we actually find out what's going on with the world. Um, it starts with her dad being up with a team uh, of scientists out in space where they've been working on something that to cure the planet. We don't we don't necessarily know what's going on, but something has gone wrong that has thrown the planet all out of whack. You find out all the polar ice caps have melted. That's why New York City's flooded. And there's a virus in there that turns yeah. people into zombie-adjacent creatures. Yeah, almost like they're... It made them hungry, didn't he say? Yes, it gave, yeah. them a it gave them a hunger. It reminds me a lot of, gamers will appreciate this, The Last of Us, where it's a, a some sort of virus that turns you into a zombie-like thing, but not a straight-on normal zombie. Yeah, not like a rotting corpse-style right. zombie. It's uh, a little different. This one, you eat until you burst and that's not that's not necessarily flesh or anything it's like no you eat, you eat glass rubber whatever mm -hmm. and she finds a body that her, that stomach bursts out because it ate until it bursted yep. now why some have bursted some are not i don't know it seems kind of weird but the virus affects people differently yeah but the one thing that i caught in this that i really liked is they're actually writing an intelligent character the teddy bear's like don't walk, run. Right. The very next panel, she takes off in, into a sprint. 
you know, she's actually listening to the person and mm-hmm. she's not, oh, no, I've got to go back and save you and then making things worse. Right. The robot's like, no, I'll catch up. I'm yeah. a robot that has, like, these abilities. You're still human. Oh, by the way, the moment you came out of your cryotube, you're infected. So it's we're against a taking time bomb here yeah. of, like, until we can save the world. Yeah. So it, she's, you know, I love the intelligent character and she's, you and, know. And she's, like, 10, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't remember how old she is, but she is very young. She's preteen. Yeah. Yep. And this is only a five-issue series, too. So I'm oh. definitely interested to see where it's going to yeah. go. I think the pacing is going to be just like the first two issues where things are going to move along, but a lot's going to happen. Or at least I should say it's a five-issue series for now. Typically, stuff like this, they'll either extend it or name the like, it might be Eve 2 or yeah. who knows. But as it stands right now, I am fully prepared for a sad ending. Like, I am ready for it to not end well for her. Just because post-apocalyptic worlds, you have to be prepared. Like, no, it's going to be sad. So there'll be some sort of loss. She may fail. Who knows? She may succeed. But the sake of the whole world, as of right now, is in her hands. No, it's in the hands of her father on the space station. But he can't do anything while in space. That's why. That's why it's on her, though. Fix everything. Right. So they came. So they came up with a solution out in space. But they need someone on Earth to actually implement it. We don't necessarily know how, but she she needs to do it because they can't get to Earth because they're just in a space station. There's no, you know, rocket booster anyway to get back to Earth to do it. That's why it's on her. She's already on Earth. So that's the that's the tricky part. At least that's the impression I get. Now, I don't know if she was in like an escape pod on the space station and that's how she got down there to Earth. I don't know. They haven't really said that other than she was in a cryo sleep for so long while in that tube and whatever. So it's really weird. I don't know. It's really weird, but really cool. And I, I subscribed us to it for sure to see where, <laughs> especially with being miniseries for now, I want to see where it goes. Yeah. Good job, Alex. Yay. All right, Jared. Now that I talked more about Laura's book. Okay. I was going to talk about Laura's book too. So <laughs> it was all three of our picks. <laughs> there we go. Um, I haven't finished it. I got halfway through it. Uh, Star Wars bounty hunters, uh, 13 it's uh the next part in war of the bounty hunters um it's basically about the different bounty hunters like valance uh, dengar uh, tonga and losha don't know if i'm pronouncing those right but that's how they're written no clue but i'll go with it but they're basically on narshada the smuggler's moon and they're starting to make plans about different things um what's his name uh Valance knows about Han Solo being in Carbonite and everything that we've learned in last issues, but we don't really know what's going to happen there. So it's, it was a good first couple pages that I read. That's the point <laughs> I'm going with. So, <laughs> so I'm going to stop there because I I can't tell you much more than that. So yeah, Bounty Hunters number thirteen, yep. another tie into War of the Bounty Hunters. Yep. I know you're going to see Chewie in this. He's on the cover, at least. Yeah. Or or yeah. a Wookiee's on the cover. I'm pretty sure it's Chewie, because he's does got... He, on the cover, does he have... Can you see the bandolier? Yeah, you can see it Okay, right and, there. And 3PO's in the background, so it's more than likely definitely Chewie. Probably. <laughs> but 3PO doesn't have his red arm, so we can recognize him. There you go. Uh, the last thing I want to mention for this week that stood out was DC Pride. This is a one-shot. It has two, four, six, eight, nine different stories inside it. Um, this is that all focus on the pride community of LGBTQ plus characters. Also another good reason for this, the theme for this week's episode. Um, yeah, it is a whole bunch of stories. I like it because it's a bunch of small stories. So you can say, eh, I don't care for this character or whatever. I can go on to the next one. 
as a lot of different types of stories of characters or art or creators and a whole bunch of things. And yeah, uh, definitely worth checking out, folks. It is a $10 book, but boy, it is a thick That's one. Thick. It is well worth the $10. We have two different covers right now. We have the regular uh, Pride cover and the exclusive, or uh, exclusive, the variant cover, which is Harley and Poison Ivy on the cover, which we ordered up on that one because it's, it's Harley and Ivy, folks. Yeah. That one that one should sell pretty well. So get it while you can. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, that is DC Pride. One and only for now until they decide to do more. Till next year. Until next, next year, month. or unless they decide to just do more in general, just because. Why not? Yeah. Uh, anything else stand out to anybody else before we go to the section that Jared forgets? Nope. I'm willing to, to throw out, because I didn't have time to read things, that things I'm really looking forward to. We've got Win Number 7 came out. Which is phenomenal, week. folks. You should okay. still read Win. Written by the tiny onion James Tinian. Mm-hmm. Um, Night Gwen from the Heroes Reborn series. It's a one shot, so I'm looking forward to that one. And there's a number one web of Spider-Man that I don't don't know where this is taking over in all the Spider-Man history. I believe okay. it's in its own universe. I don't think it's in continuity with anything else. Yeah. But it definitely seemed a lot of inspiration for the um, new Disneyland and World web series or stores at Disney parks. Where it's like the web building, whatever. It's web stands for something. I forget what it stands for. Okay. But yeah, it's the same logo and like that they use for the merchandise and for employees at Disneyland and Disney World. Worldwide Engineering Brigade. Yep, that's the, that's there what it stands go. for. Oh, and it's a Tony Stark thing. Maybe I'm not as excited for this one, but it's, I'll, I'll read it. It's Spider-Man number one, and yep. <laughs> like I said, it's the logo that they use for the Disney parks. So it, it was interesting. It was unique. We'll try it. Yeah. It's Spider-Man. We'll, we'll buy all of it anyway. Yeah. I'll buy it whether I read it or not. <laughs> all right. So those are books that stood out for us this week. Now we move on to the section that Jared sometimes forgets, but he's acting confident. So he's go first of who's oh, your favorite hero? No, no, you go first. Comic book or... <laughs> oh, so you were not ready then. Nope. You remembered. You just didn't have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'll go with... Uh, he's a staple. I'm with James Tinian, folks. Um, <laughs> we talked about him in the Pride section. We talked about it with Wind that came out this week. And he does so much good stuff, folks. You should definitely read all of the stuff that he's writing. At least try it out. Chances are you like it. Um, yeah, just a recap of things that he's done. Uh, Wind, Batman, Department of Truth, and Something is Killing the Children. All of these have trade paperbacks if you are a trade collector instead of a single issues, especially with wind being on what, issue seven you said mm-hmm. something is killing the children is in its teens so definitely probably better off getting trades for that and batman is forever so <laughs> just yeah. like the movie no better than the movie. <laughs> all right so jared or laura who would like to go next for hero of the week comic book or otherwise i can take a stab at it um it's kind of a cop-out, though, but I really got a kick out of in Bunny Mask, the little girl, B Foster, who I said was so, like, optimistic. And I guess it's a spoiler, but other things she does, she, like, she just continues to be optimistic and, like, seems really put together despite of what her dad did, she- even though all we really saw was he seems insane, he hears voices of the snitch, he broke out her teeth, 
I think that really probably is enough. Like child services was on the way when these things were all happening. So something else had to have been going on. And she used her tragedy for an art. I'll put it that way too. She she turned her tragedy into art. Yeah, I didn't know if I should mention that or not, but y'all will figure it out when you read this book. Yeah. All right. And Jared, did we buy enough time this time? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with The Glowing Man from uh, Geiger, written by Jeff Johns and... uh, uh, drawn by Gary Frank. Uh, his character is very complex, and just what's happened in this issue, uh, it's like a character that can give up, who, but who's not going to, and he's really been very good. And just the fact that he's sat by his family's uh, bunker for uh, an undisclosed amount of years, yeah, basically while the world 40. is... Yeah, basically like the whole world is falling apart in a nuclear apocalypse and he's standing outside guarding their bunker, not knowing if they're alive or anything like that. That's commitment. Mm-hmm. There you go. And with that folks, we'll say thank you for listening. Thanks for reading our books that we say that you should read. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for reviewing. Cause I just found out how hard it is to review our podcast. Yeah, It's, it's a mess <laughs> folks. So if we don't read your reviews on air, sorry. Um, it, it's a mess to figure out because this is po- posted on several different websites. Some have reviews, some don't. Uh, Laura's gone through the legwork of figuring out what places do and finding them, at least more so than the rest of us have. So yeah. Thanks for leaving those, those reviews, though. Uh, sorry that we're not reading necessarily them all, but we're trying to. We will see you folks next week. Uh, happy Pride Month. Yep, happy Pride Month. Went the trolley. <laughs>